0: Trapped on an island with nothing to do What games would you take there with you? With no one else around you Could go insane without your desert island games Everyone is tuning in Jail 76
1: Hello and welcome to Desert Island Games, the show where a member of the YouTube community get to pick eight games they'd have to, if they were stranded on a desert island, they also get to pick one book and one luxury item. This week's guest comes all the way from New York in the United States of America. He's part of the I Got Gameplay crew and he's got his own channel where he does his rose coloured gameplays. He's also part of Retro Unlim. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Travis Goss. Hey, how's it going? Great, how are you? I'm doing
0: very well, and yourself?
1: Fine, yes, it's Saturday, so it's always good to have a day off work.
0: Oh yeah, I totally <laughs> agree. <laughs>
1: well, I've got my YouTube work as well, right enough, that keeps me busy as well.
0: Good, good.
1: So, um, you people will know you from I Got Gameplay, so how did you get involved in that?
0: I started uh, I Got Gameplay, which I actually I have not been on in a long time, but uh, I'm going to be on as episode 101, or is it 102? I think it's 102. Anyway, uh, I got started with this show, it was, I want to say it was the summer of last year, and I was uh, looking to see about getting um, involved with podcasting again. And at the same time, um, there's this gentleman, um, everybody knows here, Retro on Limb, Michael Burhan, uh, host of I Got Gameplay and heavily involved with the website. I met him on the Happy Console Gamer uh, Facebook page. And started talking to him and told me that he was involved with uh, another website and he got me going with uh doing articles with this other website and getting involved with i got gameplay and that's how it all got started
1: yeah and i'm i'm sure you used to do one as well called on radio show is that still going or is it finished uh
0: it's i was doing that for a while and just some things came in the way where yeah. I was not able to have the show done yeah. i'm still trying to get things worked out with some other um some of my other uh, uh, co-stars, for lack of a better term, yeah. and try and see if we can get that thing resurrected. But it's on hiatus for the moment.
1: Right. Yeah, I think I've spoken to you before on the. I've been on the. I got gameplay a couple of times as well. I think. I think so. Yeah. So, the the other occasion. I think I come on the one where um, you were talking. We were talking to um, Algo from a uh, leadership
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. oh man, I was I wanted to be on that episode so bad, but something yeah. came up and I couldn't make it. Uh, oh well,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's done. Well, it's now uh, just recently celebrated its 100th episode, so yeah, it's been going strong and definitely one of the one of the main podcasts on Retro Online, I think.
0: Oh, it's one one of the more popular ones. So I'm not saying that the other shows on the Rush Home Limb aren't popular, but I'm just saying that that's uh, one that uh, a lot of people tune into. Yeah.
1: So the other thing is your YouTube channel, and um, you do these gameplays, or or, it's not gameplays, is it a series called uh, Rose
0: Colored Gameplays? Yeah, Rose Colored Let's Plays. Let's plays that's it. Yeah, let's play. Yeah, that's uh that's a sister channel to so Rose Colored Reviews. Um and anybody who hasn't checked it out, first of all go to uh youtube slash rose colored let's play and um I'm sure there's gonna be a description in the uh I mean the the link is gonna be in the description for this episode. Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah. Basically, I just uh, do what a lot of YouTubers do. I just set myself in front of the TV, got the microphone going, recording gameplay footage, and me either talking about the game or screaming at the game, which has been the case for the past few uh, series I've done.
1: Yeah, I've actually just been watching the one of your rose colored reviews. Actually, um, the one on the Muppet Babies that you did.
0: Oh man, that was a blast. That's yeah. actually. Uh, that was the one I did when I got my uh, editing software and uh, pr- uh, proper camera to do the, the review but that was so much fun to put together.
1: I thought it was very well put together actually, I really enjoyed it, um, especially seeing as I loved uh, Muffet Babies because when I was looking through your list, I was like, ah, okay which one? Oh, Muffet Babies! i have got to watch that one <laughs> I, I loved it it's very well, I, I like the way you did it with uh, kind of describing uh, each character from the show and what they're kind of Finn was so yeah, very enjoyable indeed.
0: Well, thank you. I, yeah. I, uh, thank you for watching it. And like I said, it was a lot of fun to put together. And it was, it was really great to revisit that show after what having the show been off the air for what about twenty three years or so. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah,
1: you must, you must be the similar age to me then, because I remember it from Saturday mornings as well over here in the UK.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm in, my th- I'm in my mid-30s, and that was, like, one of the earliest cartoons I remember watching on Saturday mornings.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit older. I'm, I'm late 30s, um, shall we say. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're showing our age now.
0: Oh, yeah, I've definitely shown my age. It's funny because my fiance Courtney, um, she actually, come, uh, whenever, like, uh, an older song comes on TV or on the radio and I start singing along, she's like, Oh, well, of course you would know that old man. I'm like, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> there's nothing wrong with right, with liking old music. I mean, so many music I like is from the '60s, and I wasn't even born to 1976.
0: Oh so, yeah, um, yeah, that's mine too. Because I'm I've uh, recently revisited watching old episodes of The Monkees, getting into their music, and it's funny. The um, other thing too that happened here, uh, you guys get that uh, that show American Horror Story? You guys get that?
1: Yeah, I, I don't watch it or anything, but yeah, it's on. I think it's on. Uh, or something like that. FX, yeah,
0: yeah, FX, yeah, yeah, and they've uh, rolled out their latest series, which was called a uh, freak show. Which this is this is my introduction into the whole uh, show because I never watched it up until this point. And the first episode, um, the woman who runs this freak show, her name is uh, her name is Elsa Mars, who's played by Jessica Lang, very beautiful actress by the way, and she's like sixty five years old and she's still gorgeous, but. Uh, at one point in the show, she came out to open up the Freak Show uh, events for the evening by singing David Bowie's Life on Mars, which is my favorite song of his. And I started singing along, and, she, and in the background, she was saying, oh, well, of course you'd know this song. I was <laughs> like, so what? I love it. Yeah, Life on Mars is a classic. I, I watched
1: the the Life on Mars series. I, I believe the United oh! States got that. But we got uh, the original one with um, John Seven, and Philip Gunster.
0: Oh my God, I fell it's, in love with that show so much. And then, of course, they tried to do the American version and was like, this is crap. It was terrible. No, And it got, like, yeah. cancelled after one series. What I didn't like about that is it was almost word for word, like the same, if you're going to
1: remake it, at least have a bit of er- 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 I can't say that word. Er- originality, you know?
0: <laughs> I agree, I mean, yeah. with the exception to TV shows like The Office, really, there's some shows that don't really translate o- over the Atlantic, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, we're here to talk about games. Um, I could probably get into talking about TV shows all night, so I better stop myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I I agree. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, we'll talk about your eight games in a moment, but uh, I just wanted to find out you know, what got you started in gaming. What was your you know, earliest gaming memory?
0: Uh, my early, earliest gaming memory? There's a couple, really. I remember when um, I was about between ages of one and two, I woke up from a nap, and it, in the uh, the living room, or the uh, the drawing room, where um, a lot of the Brits call it, um, my brother had an Atari hooked up, he, uh, he was borrowing it from a friend of his, because he was thinking about buying it, and he was playing Keystone Capers, and I remember being put in my high chair, and I was starting to <laughs> a screaming fit, and I was like, I want to play,
1: I want to play,
0: <laughs> and all that, and then... Just to appease me, they handed me another controller while my brother was playing. Keystone Capers, for those of you who don't know, um, it's a one-player game. So, he was trying to make me feel like as if I was really playing it when I really wasn't. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: And then, like, my first arcade experience, I went to this local laundromat, and they had uh, Donkey Kong hooked. No, I'm sorry, it was Pac-Man. Pac-Man was hooked up. And I couldn't reach the controls, so... They just gave me contr- uh, a quarter, plopped it in. Couldn't see what I was doing, but it was sure cool to hear all the sounds, though. <laughs> so that story
1: about you being in your high chair, do you actually remember that, or were you just told by your family?
0: I actually remember it. <laughs> it's funny, because even though I'm getting older and my memory isn't as good as it used to be, that's one of the memories that's still drilled into my brain.
1: Yeah. I don't think I started remembering things until till I was about four. Yeah. <laughs> so. You were always an earlier out with me.
0: Yeah. I mean I mean this just I mean, I think it's, if it's something that you really love and you're passionate about, I mean, stuff like that you'll just hang on to mentally.
1: Yeah. So what's your favorite genre of game?
0: Gosh, that's tough because I've really been into this whole retro kick because not trying to discredit the games we have today, because the games we have right now are far more superior and, and in terms of graphics and yeah. production values. But I've always loved um, the games that I grew up with the most. And I think like my favorite genre would have to be platformers. Ah, so
1: I'm guessing Super Mario and the likes of, of that, yeah.
0: Yeah, like Mario, Sonic, and even like Earthworm Jim. You know? Oh yeah, classic. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm guessing there might be a couple of platformers in your eight games then.
0: Uh, there's a few. Yeah, a few.
1: (laughs) Alright, we better start the the eight games then. So this is eight games that you would have to have if you happen to be stranded on an island um, and there happens to be all this hardware there to play them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. Don't know
1: how the hardware got there, but we don't worry about that. Um, So what would be your first pick?
0: Uh, my first pick um, would have to be Another World, which here in the United States it was in North America was called uh, Out of This World when it, was, when it was first released. I
1: didn't know that. I know mm. the game you're talking about, but I wasn't sure. That I didn't know what it was called Out of This World. So this, if I'm correct in thinking, is the the one that came out before Flashback.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what's what's it about this game that would make you want to bring it to your island?
0: i 'm um, sorry, can you repeat that again, please.
1: <laughs> what is it about this game that,
0: oh. that, would be, that would make you want to bring it to your desert island? Oh, I see yeah. um, well this is one of the games that like had like polygonal graphics, and this was before we had games like Star Fox that came out and or as um, star Wing as it 's known in the u k yeah. um, but uh, it was different from anything i 've ever seen because this is um, a game that you did not keep score, you didn't have like uh, three lives or three different tries before you got a game over. This game, it was basically about survival because you are this um, person, you're, you're Professor Chaykin, or Lester Chaykin, excuse me, who was, uh, was doing an experiment in his lab yeah. and he, because of a, an, an accident, an electrical explosion, he was at to this uh, distant planet and it was the way that the game was just drawn and the music in the game. I mean, the Super Nintendo version had some pretty nice music. It was just something I was just drawn to and never seen anything like that before. Then find out how uh, Eric Shahi um, animated it. Because he did most of the game all by himself. And the way he did some rotoscoping with with some scenes. It was just, at the time, it was groundbreaking.
1: Absolutely. And so which platform would you like it for? For your
0: Oh, gosh. That's a tough one because I loved it on the Super Nintendo, but it is very slow at some point. So there is some slowdown in the game, um, much because of the processor that was built into the system. Um, but I guess a bit of an announcement I should make here on the show. I've just played the 20th anniversary edition for the Wii U, which looks, plays amazingly. So I think I probably would take that version.
1: Oh, excellent. It it did originally come out for the uh, Amiga and the Atari ST uh, back in nineteen
0: eighty one. Yeah, it came on several computers, and then in, in f- I think like the worst version that ever came out was on the Atari ST. I think is a no, no, no. Wait, no, no. I take that back. It was the Sega Genesis version. That one was the worst because the sound effects were crap. It was terrible. Yeah, as you see,
1: it's been out for multiple multiple formats. I mean, it's there's a list of them. There's the a- Amiga. Atari ST, MS-DOS, Genesis, like you said, SNES, um, came out for the 3DO, the Game Boy Advance, I I don't hold out. Really? Yeah, I don't hold out much for that one. (laughs) Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I must try and look that up. Um, The old kind of Windows phones and stuff, iOS, Mm -hmm. Atari Atari Jaguar. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, Xbox One, I'm guessing that must be a... A recent um, remake, well, not a remake, but um, kind of like um, an anniversary edition, I would imagine. Yeah, I think uh, so too. PlayStation Four, PlayStation Vita, the Wii U, which is one you
0: mentioned, mm. and then Nintendo 3DS. Oh yeah, the, yeah, from the eShop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow, but Game Boy Advance—I never knew that. Yeah, we're going to have to look that one up. <laughs> I think that'll be quite interesting.
1: But I think yeah, I I do like this game myself. But I've I'm more of a flashback. I I play, I, I would have played flashback before I played another another world. Um, not not really intentionally. It's just um. I think my brother brought home flashback once, um, and and he started playing it. I think it was for the Amiga, and I thought this is brilliant. Um, another world is just just as good, I suppose. But for me, it's flashback. <laughs>
0: Hmm. Yeah. Actually, I actually had that for the Sega CD. I've tried playing it a few times, but it's really confusing.
1: Yes, um, I, I was trying to play it recently, and I, again, for old time's sake, and I don't know if it's because, I don't know if, if it's me getting cr- crap at games as I got older, but I, I couldn't control it. I'm sure, I'm sure there was different moves I could do back in the day, and I just couldn't pull them off. Like, like, um, jumping over ledges and rolling and stuff like that. I just couldn't seem me do it anymore. I don't, know yeah. doing, I don't know what I'm doing wrong at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great game. I mean, they've recently um, remade that for the Modern Systems, and it looks gorgeous. Yes. And I think they've kind of simplified it a little bit, so I, I might have to check that out.
1: Yeah, I've got it for the Xbox 360. i done some gameplay on it last year when I got my... I've got my capture card. That was a game I tested my capture card with.
0: Oh. Oh, it does look really good. Awesome. I may yeah. I may look into that.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, what would be your second game?
0: Uh let's see. I think my second game would have to be. Um, I mentioned this earlier when we we're talking about platforms. I was, um, it's uh, Earthworm Jim. Uh-huh. Would be my second
1: one. For which platform?
0: Oh, boy. Well, I got the Sega CD version, which I think is the, the definitive version, because it's got all the levels, and the music is... Well, of course, since it's on a CD, it sounds amazing.
1: So, were you more of a Sega guy or a Nintendo guy back in the 90s?
0: Oh, when I back when I was a kid growing up... I. I was mostly for Nintendo, but don't get me wrong. I lo- I loved playing Sega Genesis games or Sega Mega Drive games growing um, up because my brother had a Sega uh, Genesis and he had a, a Sega CD, and we'll talk about that here towards the end of my list. Mm. But um, yeah, I I, I really um, <laughs> I'm, I'm for the lack of a better term, and I know there's going to be some phrasing involved here, but I guess you can cons- back then you could have considered me a buy gamer because I was both for Nintendo <laughs> and and Sega. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so what do you think it is about this game that sets it apart from perhaps other platformers you may have you may have brought?
0: Well, what I think would set this this game apart is, for one thing, the animation for uh, for Earthworm Jim himself. I mean, he does so many things. Like, if you were to let him sit idle, he'll just move around and do stupid things, hmm. like at one point maybe his pants would drop and he just go, is He's trying to pick him up, but um, no, it was, just, it was just like the most surrealistic game I've ever seen in my life, it was the strange levels and the enemies, it was much like Earth uh, with Another World it was something I've never seen before it was like you, you were put like one of those classic Looney Tunes carto- uh, cartoons into a game and then just see what you get because it, that game was definitely insane by so many me so many so many levels. And it was great though. I loved every um everything the game had to offer.
1: You've got to really applaud the imagination of some game developers. I mean who'd have I fought, def- who'd have thought to have a main character as being a warmer? <laughs>
0: I mean somebody must have had a fever dream or were on something very strong to come up with that kind of a character, but it worked, and it yeah. I really wish they would um i wish they would do something more with that character because like it was about four years ago they came out with earthworm jim h d which is a um which looks great and it plays plays this as well as the original, but it's something about the original that has its charm that no matter what no matter what company remakes the game, it's not going to be as good as the original, I think.
1: Yeah, that was an HD remake for the Xbox Live Arcade and the PlayStation Network. Yes. Yeah. Apparently it had three new computer-themed bonus
0: levels. It had... it's funny because what made me not like this game a whole lot is because, like I said, since I had the Sega CD version, there are some levels that weren't brought over to the um, to the HD remake, but they did make some brand new levels as, you know, if you finish a game, you unlock three different levels which take place inside of an old, junked computer. But I was like, yeah, that's all great and stuff, but I want to be, you know, in the dark or doing these other things, but... It's, it's an okay game, but I like the original the best.
1: Yeah. And what did you think of the, or have you played, in fact, the, the sequel, F1, Gym 2?
0: Actually, I have, and I actually had that on my computer, because I had downloaded it from GOG.com. That's not a plug. We're not sponsored. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, oh my gosh. I mean, the first time I actually played that game is when it was first released on the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Um, never finished it, but it was just even more crazy than the first one. I thought it was crazier than the first one, and I haven't played it in twenty years. And finally, when it finally when it became available to, uh, to download, I was like, "I'm gonna do it." And it came, it came, it came bundled with the first game. And I was like, "Dude, it's this." This is awesome! <laughs> I can't believe I'm playing this game all over again. Yeah. And what's really great is these are um, versions that came out on the PC, which had um, remastered music mm-hmm. um, when the games were released on CD. And it was just, it was just great. Because I was actually trying to find a copy of that for the um, for the PlayStation. Only problem is they never released uh, Earthworm Jim Two. On the PlayStation here in North America, I think it was like in Europe was where they did that. So I was kind of disappointed, and but no, regardless, I played the sequel. It's great.
1: And there was also from Gym Menace to the Galaxy, which came out for the Game Boy Color. No, I missed
0: that. I think I missed out on that one. I think what that was just um, it was just a different. Uh, <clears throat> I'm unfamiliar with it because I've seen it, but I've never played it.
1: And finally, there was a there was actually supposed to be a an enhanced remake called Airform Gym for the PSP uh, by Atari, but it was it was planned for two thousand seven, but unfortunately, it was cancelled.
0: Yeah, and I saw uh, footage of that when it was uh, leaked onto YouTube, and it looked pretty good. I mean, I would have done with without all the polygonal graphics in the game because I kind of like the original cartooniness and the way it looked and. Um, from the original game, but what they were trying to do at the time, I, I applauded them, and I was kind of disappointed it was never released.
1: Yeah. I think that would have... When did PSP start, was it?
0: Was it... Uh, 2005, I think, is when PSP was released. Oh, so I was
1: going to say that would have been a late game for the PSP, but not really, that would have been... PSP would still have been fairly popular in 2007.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like you said earlier on, it's a shame that they've not kind of um, brought them back more, really, to german Gym and capitalised on the 1990s popular, popular, uh, popularity. I can't say that word. Popularity. I can't say popularity,
0: that word. yeah. Yes. I've not yeah. been
1: drinking, honestly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's fine. Uh, but, uh, and before anybody were to ask the question, yes, I did play Earthworm Earthworm Jim 3D on the Nintendo 64, and I kind of like to forget that game, because it is god-awful.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention that, but I had a feeling it wouldn't be the best, so I just
0: skipped past it. <laughs> Some games just don't translate well to 3D, and that just happens to be one of them. Yeah.
1: Cool, so shall we move on to game number three?
0: yes and this is one i actually need to finish up on my let's play channel
1: right.
0: um and that's skull monkeys
1: skull monkeys yes uh so you may have to educate me on this one because i'm not aware of it
0: okay um have you heard of the the neverhood no didn't <laughs> so. think so okay all right that's fine when you said educate you that's what I was kind of thinking was going to be you know the answer that is okay <laughs> basically um this game is, uh, Skull Monkeys is a sequel to The Neverhood, in which case, uh, The Neverhood was a point-and-click game, but it was 100% complete um, clay animation. Right. It was, again, they were doing something revolutionary, it's never been done before, and I missed out on that game, so I was kind of disappointed. But Skull Monkeys picks up where that game left off, but instead of it being point and click, it was a platformer, and all of the stages and even the characters were once again made out of clay. And what made actually this universe, because both uh, both uh, the Neverhood and Skull Monkeys was also known for its trippy music. It's, I mean, it, it's it's got like a light. It, it has like a bit of it's mix of jazz. It's mostly like jazz music, and like each level of Skull Monkeys um, has a song that kind of um, has its own little theme for the level. Like for instance, there's a level in the game where you're um, in the mountains, and there's a bit of uh, some yodeling music being played in the background, mm-hmm. complete with accordions and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those games where. It's. I really wish it would have um, been a, a bigger success because it did moderately well, especially among the, the the fans of the Neverhood. But this game was just so crazy. And if you guys want to check out the game, just go to my uh, YouTube channel. Which again, uh, the link is in the description with the video here.
1: It really is. Yeah, I'm just looking at some footage now. It looks. No, I think I'm looking at it wrong first, cause the wrong thing because the graphics can't be that good. Let me go um let me go to the one on your channel, that's probably gonna be the best idea. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think that was it. Travis In fact I don't to because 'cause I'm subscribed, you should be at the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Usually when I subscribe to somebody they come up at the top of my list for some reason. I think the most the most recent subscribed. Travis Goss, there we go. Mm-hmm. Um it's <coughs> quite far down. Oh, yeah. Never mind, I'll do it later on. <laughs> but yeah. Um I'm looking at the cover art. The cover art certainly um isn't quite good. I like the I like the kind of the font they use for the Skull Monkeys logo and the scary skulls in the front.
0: <laughs> that was cool because unfortunately, um I got a used copy of it and it's missing the instruction booklet. But what's really nice about that is it was a three D motion uh, book um cover where if you just like tilt the the case a little bit you'd see that eye moving up and down it's really cool
1: that's awesome (laughs) so it was published by dreamworks interactive
0: yep uh dreamworks interactive as well as electronic arts and of course developed by the neverhood which uh oh gosh i'm going to screw up this guy's name uh doug uh ton it
1: should be here on this
0: yeah. He was the creator of Earthworm Jim And then when they brought him on board To create the Neverhood As well as uh, Skull Monkeys. I mean you can actually see Where these two games actually relate to one another Because of the the craziness and the surrealism Of all the worlds and all the characters
1: That's quite interesting That your second for for game Are actually sort of connected then Because it's the guy that worked on Earthworm Jim Mm-hmm yeah. Doug. Doug Oh I can't find his second name Sorry Okay, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's quite interesting how they brought it out as a platformer, and it was ah uh, Doug, Doug Ten Apple. There we go.
0: Doug yeah, Ten Maple. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to pronounce. I mean, but no, it it's because of him we have these you know great games like Earthworm Jim and Skull Monkeys, and and I'm, I'm pretty sure he developed some other uh, really great games. But what's also great is he was also involved with a crowd funded uh, game that's going to be coming out here soon. Um I forgot the name of it but it's a spiritual successor to The Neverhood and Michael Nelson of Mr. Science Theater 3000 he plays the main character he voices that main character.
1: Yeah, he's, I'm I'm looking at his profile here and he's involved in a few television projects. Uh 2012 he was involved he was a stop motion animator for It's a SpongeBob Christmas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's maybe one he doesn't want to admit. Um let's see, it's uh selected highlights of his career. He worked on Jurassic Park for the Sega Genesis. Okay. Uh Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's Invention. Uh the Jungle Book. F1 German one and two, The Neverhood, Skull Monkey's, Boom And there seems to be a big gap for like Boombox was was in and then it goes all the way to 2014. Uh, he was involved in one called Armacrog.
0: That's it. Yeah, Armacrog. That's yeah. that's the spiritual successor to the Neverhood, yeah. and that's going to be coming out to the Wii U. Cool. What number forty?
1: Okay. So, what's your fourth game?
0: Uh, fourth game. Um, I was trying to really kind of you know mix it up a little bit here, so I thought, well. What's another game I really love playing? That's uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City.
1: Ah, uh, now you're talking my language.
0: <laughs> ah, there we go. Huh?
1: It's been picked before the fact. I think I picked it myself mm-hmm. um, when I had done the, the pilot of this Desert Island games. So, out of all the Grand Theft Autos, why would you pick this one?
0: I think this one broke some ground in a few uh, in a few th- um, departments. Number one, of course, uh, the main character spoke. You know, because in the previous game, Grand Theft Auto 3, the main character, who's just, I guess everybody just calls him Claude for some reason, because yeah. he doesn't have a name, but they just call him Claude. But um, for Vice City, um, the main character, Tommy Vassetti, uh oh, gosh, I forgot the name, guy's voice. Oh, the guy's voice. is Ray uh, Liotta. Ray yes. Liotta. <laughs> um, came along, and he um, he played Tommy Vercetti. and what made this game really cool is pretty much a good chunk of the cast were all these A-listers. I mean, you had um, you, you had, um, Ray Liotta in there. You also had the late Dennis Hopper. Plus, you had one of my favorite uh, actors of all time, Burt Reynolds. Yes. He's in it. I mean, he's got all these terrific Hollywood actors lending their voices to these outrageous characters. And it, it all took place in 1986 in what is basically considered Miami, Florida, but it's called Vice City. And the biggest thing that really turned me on to this game, all the games, I mean, I love all the Grand Theft Auto games, but this one that really made me interested was the fact that they had um, a licensed soundtrack featuring all these classic 80s tunes with all these different uh, music genres with their own little radio stations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've said this before, sometimes I could just, go into that game and park up my car and just listen to the music
0: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> brilliant I mean, you've got a good range of um, genres in there you've got rock music you've got um, New Wave which is like span ballet and Duran Duran things like that mm-hmm. uh, you've got um, pop um, you can get like top radio stations jazz you've got all sorts of different music in there and it's just brilliant Um I think this was quite a a groundbreaking game, I think. I think I've said that before in previous shows. Um, Like you said, the voice acting is just absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, and of course, it's interesting how you mention New Wave because that's actually my favourite radio station to tune into when I play the game. Because in the 80s, that was one of my favourite types of musics.
1: Yeah, I liked some of it. I wouldn't say it's my favourite genre, but yeah, I certainly like, like to listen to some of the main the, the better-known uh, New Wave band. Um, there was a band, and I think they may be considered to be New Wave,
0: called the Thompson Twins. Oh, man. Well, that's kind of hard. I, I mean, I wouldn't say they were completely... I don't think they were New Wave. I think they were just pop, and that was it. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, but them, I, I can't remember if they were on the New Wave channel or not, but um, I just, some of their, some really classic tunes, you know, like mm. Hold Me Now, was probably my favourite, Doctor Doctor, and uh, We Are Detective, brilliant band. Mm. Uh, But yeah, I I love the... I think uh, Burt Reynolds played um, the real estate developer, Avery Carrington or something like that. Yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah, and um, we had um, a British actor called Danny Dyer, who played Mm. the part of... You know the bit... um, Ken Paul, that's the guy's name. Yeah, Ken Paul, who also appeared in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Can't remember who voiced Ken Rosenberg.
0: Oh gosh, I wish I could tell you. Oh, it's been like a long time because yeah. I here's my problem is I still have the games, but unfortunately, I don't have a system to play them on. So that's what. Oh. So that's what's a bummer because. Um, I could go on into a story about how I'm not able to play PlayStation 2 games, but I'm not going to bring everybody down. But let's just say, um, certain somebody uh, made it impossible for me to play those games today.
1: Okay. So we'll just leave it that. <laughs> it. We'll leave it there. Um, what was I going to say about Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Um, I can't remember. Ah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, you said you haven't got a system to play them on, but um, I don't know. Have you got an iPad? or anything like that a tablet
0: well i've got uh an iphone but the thing is though it's uh it's an iphone 5c so unfortunately that thing is too small so i don't think the game would work too well on a yeah. small little, little device I and mean, i've got like such big hands
1: yeah i've got it for the ipad it's i mean it's very nice very nicely done but i just i can't really get on with the controls for playing games like that, like that on an ipad
0: yeah. yeah, and I know the game. I know the game was uh, recently at some time it was put on the uh, the PlayStation Network to download. But my problem is, why should I download that when I've got the copy of the game right there? Because you can't you play know?
1: it. Oh, I okay. I, I mean, why why isn't there a system in place you, for you just to install it onto the or either install it on or just actually put a disc in and play it? Okay, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I know there was some PlayStation freeze that come at the start where you can't play your PlayStation 2 games, but um, they're very rare. Yeah. I, I mean,
0: that's... Sorry. I was going to say, I did have a, the original PlayStation 3 where I was able to play those uh, PS2 games on it, but something happened where that system uh, was no longer available to me, then, yeah, this is a long story, but, again, I don't, I don't think this would be a good place to talk about it. Yeah.
1: Somebody in, um, do you know the shop CEX?
0: I'm afraid I don't know.
1: I thought it was in America as well. Anyway, it's a store over here in Britain that sells second-hand games. And I was in there about two months ago, and I was in to buy a couple of memory cards from a PlayStation 2. And the guy was trying to sell me uh, the version of the PS3 where you can play the PS2 games. He said, why don't you just, buy the PS3, and that will save you buying all the memory cards. I said, because I've got a PS3. It said, where well, you can trade that in. But, I mean, I'm not going to trade in a 320 gigabyte PS3 for a 40 gigabyte one, just so I can play my PS2 games on it, you
0: know? No, that doesn't make any sense. I've
1: already got a PS2,
0: you know? <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: So, what's that? Thanks, but no thanks. Just give me the memory card, please. <laughs> <laughs> Salesman. Oh, so, geez. what about um, what about Vice City Stories?
0: Have you played that one? Actually, like I said, I have all the games. You have got all so. the games, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have played that
1: on the PSP. I think it came out for the PSP first. Get mm-hmm. yep, by then. Mm-hmm. It came out for the PS2. Anyway, um, I better stop before I talk about um, Grand Theft Auto, Auto all night.
0: Watch <laughs> um, <laughs> like television. Yeah, we're going to be on this for a long time. We keep going with it. Yeah.
1: What's your next game? I think we're up to number five.
0: Uh, this would have to be Resident Evil 2, which I think a lot of people who are fans of Resident Evil would say that Resident Evil 2 would be the best one next to Resident Evil 4. But 2 is definitely my favorite.
1: Yeah, I think I think Resident Evil 2 and 4 are quite popular picks on this show. Um, so
0: tell me why you went for 2, Resident Evil 2. Um, I, think, I think what really got me into that game, uh, well, first of all, of course, I love the first one. But second one was just a... Uh, wow, that's a good question. I mean... It played just like the first one, graphically it was about the same, but what made this a little uh, different was it introduced something called the ZAP system, which for those of you out there who haven't played this game before, Resident Evil 2 came on two discs, and each disc um, was for uh, each character, like had Claire Redfield, she had her own story, they had Leon Kennedy who had his own story. And apart from like, when well, in the first game you could choose between either Jill Valentine or Chris Redfield, you could do that. But here you could just play that character's story on their own disc. Why did they do that? Well, after you finish that character's story, you can uh, pop in the other disc using your old save file, and then you could actually continue on or actually go through the story again. But you're actually playing your character <sighs> with mm-hmm, you're actually uh, playing your character in a different. Uh, part of the city. Oh. Yeah.
1: it's quite interesting. I've never played the Resident Evil series. So I've heard so much about it. I know it's a survival horror game, and um, I know I really should have played it, and I will rectify that one
0: day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's on the PSN, and I, th- <clears throat> I want to say it's on Xbox... No, it's not on Xbox Live Arcade. No, it's not. But uh, it's on the PSN, and... Yeah. What's funny is I was playing Resident Evil 2 on my PS3, um, the one that can't play PS2 games on, by the way. <laughs> and for some reason, after I got done with the first disc, I was playing Clear Redfield. I was going to continue on with the second disc using that save file. And at one point, I was having a talk with the mayor in the game. Then all of a sudden, the game froze mid-conversation. Ugh. And there's nothing wrong with the disc. There's no scratches, nothing. It just locked the fuck up. And I was like, no, no, don't tell me. Because I didn't save at all until that, um, prior to that conversation. And I had lots of things I had to do. So I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. So I haven't touched the game since. That is annoying when that happens.
1: (laughs) It is. Did you know that um, Resident Evil 2 is known as Biohazard 2 in Japan? Yep, that's right, yeah. Why did they keep
0: changing the names? <laughs> keep it keep it consistent. I have no idea. Um, I, I mean, I, I agree. It should have been left as Biohazard here in this. Oh, well, I think it is because we had. I think there was a, a thrash metal band it was called Biohazard. Uh, I, they, I, I think now. Don't quote me on that. I think that might have been the case. They probably just want to avoid lawsuit, but I still think they should have left it alone as Biohazard because that's a. That's a hell of a nicer title than Resident Evil. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but um, yeah, I always wondered why they did that.
1: There, there is a Biohazard game out that's came out since, isn't there? That's done by somebody else.
0: It could have been. I, I have absolutely no idea.
1: I'm sure there's a Biohazard game. I could be wrong, but it sounds familiar. Let me just check. Hmm. Biohazard. Band. It's not Biohazard Band. I, I might be wrong. I might maybe I am thinking of something else. Anyway, um, Resident Evil Two. So, I take it you've completed it, yeah?
0: Oh, I've completed it um, yeah. numerous times. It's just it's just frustrating when I was trying to play it again and then just locked up, and I was like, forget it. Yeah.
1: It must be. I don't know what's causing that. If it's not the disc, it must be the system. I.
0: Th- they did say that well, Sony when they were releasing the PlayStation Three, they were trying to go for 100% perfect uh, emulation with all the games available. But there's some that probably would not uh, do too well on like that one. Maybe there's an emulation problem with that disc itself. I mean, with that game. Uh, but I've noticed like some other games. I have like I was trying to create a theme song <laughs> for my channel mm-hmm. using the MTV music generator, and I got absolutely nothing from it. So, I, it's not, in terms of emulation, I think the PS3, it's, it does okay with some games, but not all. Yeah.
1: Have you done a rose-tinted gameplay of that one?
0: Uh, Resident Evil 2, I'm thinking about it. But as long as the game does not lock up on me... Of I, course, yeah. Yeah. But um, I really want to try to get a copy of Resident Evil 4, because I, I did have the original version that came out on the GameCube, and then was later ported to the Wii. I, I did have that game, but I never finished it. So if I actually came across a copy of it, um, definitely I would do it on the channel and would give a 100% uh, completion with it.
1: Excellent. Okay, so fairly getting through the games. I think we're up to
0: number six. Number six? Number six. We, obviously, um, you can't really have a... a Video game list without throwing a Mario game on there. So I had yes. really, I had to really, really think about this because uh, the original Super Mario Bros. game um, is turning 30 next year. Okay.
1: 30.
0: Yeah, 30 years. So I really had to think of all the Mario games that have ever existed. Which one did I love the most? And all I could think about was Super Mario World.
1: Ah, uh, for a sneaky moment there, I thought you were going to say Super Mario Kart. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs>
0: Well, don't get me wrong. I, I almost put Mario Kart sixty four on this list because that's my favorite Mario Kart game. But I kind of left that off. I thought, well, I could like list Mario games in here, but then a lot of my other favorites would be, you know, kicked off. So that no, I to choose just one Mario game. And then Mo- Super Mario World was the one.
1: So basically, you're going for the additional. Um,
0: was the uh, not it? The uh, Super Mario World is on Yep. Yeah. The, yep. The game that uh, was a pack entitled with the system when it launched. Yeah. Yeah, that was. I'm sure. I
1: think. Um, I think Xander picked this last week. As well. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, sure of it. <laughs> yeah. So this was um, released in North America in August 1991. Makes you, yeah. feel little, makes you feel old. doesn't
0: it? <laughs> it does, and it's really funny because I can just sit here and think about the game, and then I think about the the uh, commercial for the Super Nintendo and for Super Mario World when the system launched here in in August of ninety one, and I still get chills when I think about it because it's it's one of those games where um, it, it looks dated by you know today's standards, but you got to admit. You can just sit down and play that game, and you can say, "I'm just going to play a couple levels." Next thing, you no, know, you're in Bowser's Castle.
1: Yeah. So, tell me, your, can I one the memories of playing this game?
0: I remember um, it was. I want to say it was October, September of '91. Mm. Uh, I had a really you know crappy day at school. And I was like, I just didn't want to do anything. I just want to go just play a game or something. And then I think if I recall this correctly, uh, my mom said, "Uh, you might want to go in the back room. I think there's something back there for you. Ooh. I was like, oh, all right. So I went back there, and lo and behold, there was a Super Nintendo sitting right there with a copy of Super Mario World. My brother actually rented the system because he knew I wanted to play this game so bad. Right. So, um, yeah, this is, I played that from like, from the moment I got back there till bedtime and, and then like next morning I just want to play just a couple levels and my dad was sitting there and he's thinking, I don't think this boy wants to go to school today. Because <laughs> 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 like, I didn't want to I wanted to play the game. But, uh, but it was really great because then when Christmas came around that I got a Super Nintendo with that game, uh, as a Christmas present and, you can imagine the joy on my face when I got the system, and I ran to the back room where the television was, hooked it up all by myself. Even though my mom said, "Now wait until, wait until your brothers, you know, guys present all this stuff and everything's put away, he'll help you hook hook it up." <laughs> it's really easy to hook up a Super Nintendo, let me tell you. But that was just oh, was fond memories, fond, fond memories. I can just imagine the little mini Travis excitedly running into him with his Nintendo
1: in one hand and his game in the other hand. <laughs>
0: You should see. You could. Have, you should have heard me that morning. I was opening up the president and realized it was a Super Nintendo. Because then, at the top of my voice, I was yelling "Super Nintendo! Super Nintendo!" It was almost like that Nintendo sixty four kid. <laughs> you remember that video? <laughs> oh, I, I bet you're glad it. Well, did
1: that to video cameras, but I bet you're glad it wasn't videoed <laughs> that
0: point. I, I, I think that could have been used as blackmail at yeah. some point. <laughs> yeah. Thank God it's not
1: like. Today, our kids are getting on camera phones, and all sorts when they're opening the presents.
0: Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, oh, fireworks going off. Um, I remember getting a, a bike when I was like a bit, probably, probably about nineteen ninety one as well. When I, um, the one dad said, "Oh, go into the back, um, the the cellar bit. There's something in there." Um, or, I think I said, "Go and let the cat out." Because they used to lock the cat in there, <laughs> so ended the up of this uh, cellar and opened it up, and there's this bike sitting there. I was like, "Is that my bike? Yay, bike, bike!" <laughs> Not quite. Um, <laughs> I would, I might have preferred the Super Nintendo, right enough, but the bike was good. <laughs> but, yeah, I can totally relate to that excitement. See, I wasn't always a couch potato. and I, I did once have a bike. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's funny, I'm 35, year- I just turned 35 years old and I still don't know how to ride a bike. If that's if that's sad, if that's a, not sad enough of the story, I'd like to know what it is. Yeah. I don't I don't like cyclists anyway. They,
1: they're they one of our pet hates. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I better not go into that before I start offending people. <laughs> Let's just say I don't like them and uh, move on.
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: So, you must. I take it you're a fan of the whole Super Mario series. And is there any games you don't like in the series?
0: That's kind of a tough one because um, it's really hard to pick a really bad uh, Mario game because uh, any Mario game that has not been made by Nintendo um, is crap. Mm-hmm. So I, I tend to keep away from those. Like Hotel Mario. I mean, I thank God I missed that one. <laughs> Hotel Mario. Yeah, that came on the CDI, and that was. Oh, jeez. It was supposed to have be been a sequel to Super Mario World. To Super Mario World, And it was, um, was going to originally be called... No, wait. It was going to be called uh, Hotel Mario. Because I was thinking about this game that w- was going to actually be a direct sequel to Super Mario World. And it was going to be on the CDI. It was going to be called Super Mario Wacky Worlds, mm-hmm. which never got finished. Maybe for the best. Yeah, maybe <laughs> for the best. Uh, if you actually go check out... Uh... Um, Cinemassacre.com and go on their on your, your YouTube page. Uh, James uh, Rolfe, uh, a.k.a. the Angry Video Game Nerd, and his friend Mike, uh, they actually played um, a copy of Super Mario Wacky Worlds. And it... Yeah. Thank God it was abandoned. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've, I discovered a strange game and... I've got one of these... I know shame on me, but I've got one of these um, modified Xboxes, where it's got um, like 12,000 games on it, basically. Um, so I was going through all the games, and I found this, basically somebody's made a game, and it's a cross between, between Super Mario and Sonic. So it's basically in the Sonic world, but instead of Sonic the Hedgehog, it's Super Mario.
0: And it's awful. <laughs> it's really yeah, bad. I'm picturing in my head, and I'm um, thinking... Um, for one thing, uh, Mario is collecting rings. No, that's not right. Yeah, um, Mario. Yeah, he can run fast, but nowhere near as fast as Sonic. So there's no way he can get around that loop. Yeah. Um, though Mario can swim, so he doesn't need those air bubbles.
1: <laughs> I did do a gameplay of it um, a few months ago. I quick kind of five minutes on my on my channel. It's just totally bizarre. I think it must be some sort of bootleg game. I don't think it was. No, it, oh yeah, it couldn't have been a. There wasn't a. It wasn't an
0: official game by any means. <laughs> but uh, did want touch on something though when it came to came Mario games. Um, I was pretty happy when they came out with uh, new Super Mario Brothers for the Nintendo DS. I thought that was great. And I had a lot of fun with that. And then they started making more games in that series. They had new Super Mario Brothers Wii, then new Super Mario Brothers two for the three DS, and. New Super Mario Brothers. U. it's gotten to the point where, um, I know they're trying to recapture what the classic Mario games had, but the only way you could have done that is you could avoid. I mean, just no longer make the games all three D flashy and all that stuff. Just use like the you know, classic sprites or something like that. Just do some, you know, something like like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're trying to make the games look you know new and fresh to bring in a, a younger audience, which I applaud. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't. know, Well, actually, I shouldn't really say that because one point I wanted to make is earlier I was talking about Super Mario, uh, Super Mario World. Mm. Or no, wait. Well, Mario Brothers when it came out thirty years ago, yeah. and for the twenty fifth anniversary of that game, they came out with the uh, Super Mario All Stars uh, for the for the Wii, which was a limited edition. It came with the game on a disc, by the way. Which whatever. <laughs> and it came with a CD soundtrack, which again, whatever. Um, but I had, I got it because I, I didn't have the game in my collection anymore for the Super Nintendo. Didn't have a Super Nintendo at the time. Um, but uh, I always thought a lot of us Mario fans got kind of ripped off because all they simply did was they put the ROM of that cartridge onto the disc and they charged thirty bucks for it. Yes. What, what I would have loved for them to have done is added more games than just those four. Or if they had to do something with those games, put them with updated graphics, but then again, it probably lost the charm that the original games had. But then again, Super Mario All Stars was just a remake of the classic Mario games, but to each their own.
1: Yeah, I just think some companies will do anything for money.
0: Yeah, and Nintendo really has been um, letting people down here as of late. But that's another story for another time for another show.
1: (laughs) Perhaps, uh, perhaps a topic for the IGO gameplay.
0: Yeah, I think so. Who knows?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, um, I think we're on to game number
0: 7. Yes, and we're sticking with the Super Nintendo because this is one of my favorite systems of all time. And I'm a big Castlevania player. I love, love, love Castlevania. And I was actually pretty happy to find out that uh, Castlevania Dracula X was um, recently released for the For the Wii U's Nintendo eShop, which I thought was pretty cool, because I missed out on the game. But that's not the game I'm going to talk about. I'm talking about uh, Super Castlevania 4.
1: Super Castlevania 4. Now, I'm sure um, Xander picked the Castlevania game last week as well, and Yem certainly did, but... um, (laughs) Wow! My memory being the way it is, I really can't remember which one it was. (laughs) You need to go and listen to people to see which one it was, but... I really should keep a list of the games that people pick. Anyway, tell me about this game because I'm a, I'm a Castlevania version.
0: For those who haven't played this, basically what Super Castlevania 4 was, it was basically a, a retelling of the first Castlevania game. Because um, the, the game stars uh, Simon Belmont. And what makes this interesting is if you were to play uh, Castlevania 1 and 2, you would have known that uh, Simon Belmont was cursed after the first game. So basically, he can't die. So I thought that was kind of interesting when they came out with Super Cassidy 4, and it was, it was Simon Belmont. And I thought, well, okay, so what you tell me is Dracula appears every 100 years. okay? Because that's explained during the opening titles of the game.
1: Right?
0: Right. Okay. Well, there's Simon Belmont. So what you tell me is, is he, what, like just over 200 years old? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what that that's supposed to mean, but basically it's going to find out it's just a remake of the first game. Okay, that's fine. So, uh, yeah, this game that introduced some pretty cool things that the Super Nintendo could do. Um, and la- the tons of Mode 7 effects. Like My favorite um, level of the entire game is the spinning corridor level. And it was amazing because you couldn't do that with any... Um, with the Nintendo, I don't think at the time they could have done that with the Sega Genesis. They probably reprogrammed some of the games where you could do something similar to that. But this was just truly amazing just to see a whole level where the background is just spinning like crazy. It was like being inside of a spinning tube. And you could latch onto hooks and you could swing around. You could swing your whip around eight directions. And, um,. The music, oh my gosh, the music in that game was so damn good. I when I was like twelve years old, I got a cassette tape and I just put the entire soundtrack on a cassette tape.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to ask you about your music actually. So it's really, it's really good. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, I seriously wanted to break open the, the 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 cartridge and see if there was like a CD inside because I thought there is no way that that is coming from a cartridge, but it was, and yeah. that that. System could really generate some great music because the Sony sound chip that was put into it.
1: Yeah, and remember, and this is how impressive it must be. Remember, this game was released in 1991, um, so to have that quality of music and the the spinning room level um, for a game that's been released in 1991 is definitely impressive.
0: It's it's definitely. I mean, this is the Castlevania game I always turn to. Like, I'm going to move to play some Castlevania. Well, there's Symphony of the Night.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah no, I'll play some Super Castlevania Four. <laughs> yeah, and of course this is, I mean, apart from
1: being on the virtual console, it was only ever released on the, on the SNES.
0: Yep, it was on the SNES, and then uh, later on um, it was digitally uh, made available on the virtual console for the yeah. Wii, and now the Wii U. Yeah, I mean, it was
1: only roughly about this time last year it came out for the Wii U virtual console.
0: Yes, and yeah, and like I said before, I was when I I want so freaking badly to play Castlevania Dracula X, and everybody says, well, why don't you go play uh, Rondo, uh, Rondo of Blood? It's on the Wii Virtual Console. I've got it. That's great. It's okay, but there's something about this one that that came out on the Super Nintendo that I missed out on. I want to play it. Yeah. But now it's on the but it's now on the Nintendo eShop. So there we go. Yeah,
1: it's very very highly rated amongst the critics. Um, for example, IGN gave it eight out of ten, and uh, Nintendo Power a strange score, but uh, four point three seven five out of five. So, <laughs> <laughs> a bit strange score, isn't it? And um, Nintendo Life, I don't know who they are, but they've given it a nine out of ten, and GamePro given it a full marks, five out of five. Of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a again one of these um uh, that I've not got into. I, unfortunately, back in the the nineties, I was kind of hooked on playing point and click adventure games. So um, I played; we spent most of my time playing like Monkey Island and games like that. So, oh yeah, uh, to the point where I got obsessed with them and I totally missed out on everything everything else. <laughs>
0: So. Yeah, I I gotta check those out because I've never played any of the Monkey Island games before, and of course, back when I was a kid we didn't really have a computer until about 1997, so by that time, um, yeah those Monkey Island games were out of print so I missed out Yes,
1: they're, they're totally they're, they're more about using your brain rather than your skull um, which is why I cheated at it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could go through Monkey Island now and, and, and not look at any hints because I've put that many times. But um, I remember at the time, I was all... And of course, back then, you didn't have internet. So I can't even remember how I got my,
0: my sheets back then.
1: But I guess maybe somebody told me or something. I can't remember. Or I got in a magazine, maybe. Yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, that's interesting because, I mean... We, we we have all this these luxuries today. We have we have the internet and smartphones. We have all these ways of getting information about games in terms of news about them or walkthroughs. But then think back to the time when we had computers, but we had no internet. Yeah. So a lot of kids today would be thinking, "Well, that's just useless. These things are you can't do anything on these things if you didn't have any internet." Well, you could. Basically, you just bought like a seven hundred dollar word processor, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> With a
1: MS-DOS and Windows 3.1. yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, they played games on it, which is great and all and all that stuff, but hey, yeah, that's, when, you know, kids, back when uh, I was your age, when we were your age, well, there was no internet. I mean, internet that was rarely available to us, that is. Yeah, I'm sure it was available in colleges and universities and stuff. And the government.
1: The government, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think I remember, I think my first experience of internet is when I went to college and would have been about 1995, something like that, Mm -hmm. and then, looking up, I think, and was it, Yahoo was available then, and you had, um, was it Netscape or something?
0: Yeah, Netscape, and then
1: America Online, we had that, yeah, and that's when I first started um, discovering internet
0: cheats. Uh, Ah, there you go. I
1: I bet you thought I was going to say internet porn.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, well, you said college, so I knew you were going to be in the straight and narrow with that one.
1: Yes. Yeah. What I, I soon discovered the the of it just for <laughs> and, and, you know for reset purposes, of course
0: oh oh yeah of course <laughs> I remember remember when I was in high school when um, when we actually had internet in there because um, I was trying to find some games uh, game cheats and all that stuff so since at my house we didn't have the internet I just had to wait until I got to school and I was going to look up okay I need this for this game Oh, there are the cheats. I'm going to print that out. It's okay if I can print this out. Well, what is it? Just some stuff about video game. I'm doing an article for. <laughs> and like, okay, sure, go ahead, whatever.
1: What I used to do if I wasn't allowed to print it out was um, save it onto like save it on a what program, whatever it was back then, onto a floppy disk, and take the floppy disk home and put it on my <laughs> computer at home. <laughs>
0: oh, that takes me back. Floppy disks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 3.5 inch floppy disk. <laughs> oh gosh, I remember when they used to be like so much larger than that.
1: Oh, I remember wow. that as well. the, kind of, the big giant 5 5.75 whatever it was.
0: Yeah, I remember that as well. Oh my gosh. And think about this kids. You used to all these games where it was on one disk. Back when I was uh, your uh, your age, I can't believe I'm doing this again. <laughs> There's some of these PC games that actually came out on 10 floppy disks. Yeah. The Monkey Island games were actually for Amiga
1: were eight between eight and ten discs. Yeah. Think about that. And I had actually I had actually forgotten all about it until recently I went on to um uh, my before mentioned aforementioned uh, emulator that I was talking about and I, I loaded up Monkey Island and it was uh like, insert disc one, then is like, insert disc four and insert disc eight I I'd forgotten all about that. <laughs> Yeah, because I play Monkey Island now on the Xbox Live, the remake, and I've completely forgot about all all the discs I used to have to do. Wow. -hmm. And
0: it's really funny because I'm looking up my game collection right now, and on the PlayStation I've got Wing Commander 3, and that's on three discs. On the PlayStation? Yeah. (sighs) Wow. Which is nothing because uh, Final Fantasy VII came on three discs.
1: I know that a few Xbox 360 games, even to this day, come in um, more than one disc, more, more than one CD. You've got, like, Alien Wire was on three discs for the, for the Xbox 360.
0: Yeah, um, and then... yeah,
1: You've got, like, some um, Forza Horizon... Not Forza Horizon, Forza 4, I think, came in two discs.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, the Xbox 360 discs just ran off of regular 3D... I mean, DVD technology. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. then, of course, yeah, Sorry. No, I was just going to say then, like, some of those other games, uh, we, like, for instance, I think it was, uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 was released on the 360, but it came on a couple of discs. And I think, and yeah. the PS4, since it was Blu-ray, it only came out on one.
1: I'm sure... Actually, Grand Theft Auto 5 was not two free discs as well for the Xbox. I don't have the Xbox version, but I'm sure I read that somewhere that the Xbox had, uh, I think it's free discs for Grand Theft Auto 5.
0: Yeah, wow, because that's such a large game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then of course now that it's coming out for uh, PS4 and an Xbox One, which I'm now upset about because that means I have to get uh, one of those systems and the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, fortunately um, I've got the PS4 and I've got the game pre ordered. in... Even though I've played it to death on the PlayStation 3, I'm still looking forward to it on the
0: PlayStation 4. Yeah, it's just just going to have more of everything. So, to all you guys with the next-gen systems, I tip my hat off to you. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, I bought my PlayStation 4 on launch last December, and I've honestly had it on about half a dozen times. So, now now, that this game's coming out, I've got a reason to switch it on. (laughs)
0: There
1: you go. Yeah. At last. (laughs) Anyway, um... I digress once again um, I think we're on to your last
0: game Yeah, I had to think about this one long and hard um, phrasing and I actually had to think about like my all time favorite game and I think I mentioned this um, on my uh, YouTube channel, it was actually the very first let's play I've ever done and I'm, before I tell everybody what the name of the game is keep in mind this game actually holds some very special memories for me Mm -hmm. And it was was shared with my late brother, who, you know, God rest his soul. Him and I spent a lot of time trying to figure this game out, and to the point where I actually fell in love with the game, and I still love playing it today. And whenever I think about my brother, that's when I play this game, and it's for the Sega CD, and it's uh, Sewer Shark. It's what, sorry? Sewer Shark.
1: Sewer Shark, Okay,
0: got you. Okay,
1: you may have have to tell me about
0: this one. Okay. Uh, Sewer Shark, basically, it was one of those FMV games, you know, full motion video games, right. and basically you played this, uh, you were known as the, um, a rookie. Okay? But you get different, uh, um, you're getting like four other names in the game, and I'll get to that here in a moment, but basically, uh, you're in a post post I can't even say the word, Pers- post-apocalyptic, there we <laughs> go, uh, world where, um, the, wor- um, the world's polluted there's all this pollution and it just became un- you, know, you couldn't live above ground so everybody had to go underground and basically there's some j- um, jobs you can do under the ground and one of them is being uh, a sewer jockey yeah. so what you basically w- were doing is you're flying around in these uh, ships blasting all the- this radioactive vermin because you're trying to keep the sewers clean obviously But what made this game interesting is if anybody has actually played a full motion video game, you will know that most of the time, all the main characters are talking to you by looking into the camera. And most people would be thinking that, well, they must be breaking the fourth wall. Not really. They're just looking right into the camera because you are the person controlling the game. You are the one who's going to be firing and doing this other stuff. But, um, you actually meet up with this guy. His name is Ghost. And he starts you off of the game by calling you um, dog uh, what the hell is Dog meat. <laughs> he calls you that, and that's your call sign. At, you're at the bottom of the barrel. It's like entry, entry level right there. And what makes this game interesting is uh, you've got this uh, robotic buddy who um, is known as, as Catfish. And throughout the levels, he actually calls out these different um, jump points. You know, he got uh, 12... Three, six, nine, or just like you know, if you're looking at face of a clock, you got twelve o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock. <coughs> you gotta follow those directions precisely, otherwise you're gonna crash into the wall game over. And depending on how well you played the game and if you were following all of the coordinates as given to you by catfish, that determines how far you're gonna get into the game. Yeah. But this game, I mean it was confusing at first because we really just jumped right into the game. We didn't read the instructions, but to come to find out, you had to read the instructions in order to find out how to play the game. But this game, like I said, holds a lot of memories for me because um, that was the one game my brother and I had so much time, frustrating time trying to play the game, but we lo- we enjoyed figuring it out. And, yeah, it's just, it's. I mean, I don't know a lot. There's, there's some secrets in the game that I found on my own to really rack up the points, but it's just... To me, it's it's a really great game, and a lot of people view it as one uh, a very crappy game because it was on the Sega CD. But I still loved it, and every time I hook up the system, that's the first game I ever play. That's first that's first game I play when I hook up the Sega CD.
1: Yeah, I I've got games like that as well. I've got games where people, most people, will see the crap, but I really I really like them. You know, so I mean, everybody's got games like that. I think
0: yeah I think so too. I mean I do tr- I mean when it comes to games, I try to weed out any garbage that I don't want, okay. but there's going to be some games that I feel that I truly love and I think are really great games. everybody else will have a different uh, opinion about it absolutely
1: actually um sure Shark was one of the sega cd's best selling games. It sold over one hundred and thirteen units prior to it becoming a packing game for the system.
0: And it was later ported to the 3DO, and it looked and sounded a whole lot better because um, when you listen to the soundtrack in the Sega CD version while you're playing the game, it's the Genesis generating the music, and it doesn't sound very good. Whereas if you were playing the version on the 3DO, it is far better. But And, and the screen is a lot cleaner. You don't see all those low lines and imperfections. It's just a very clean picture. Yeah.
1: They were also going to port it to a system called the SNES CD, but that system was cancelled.
0: Yeah, thank you Nintendo for being a dick to Sony. <laughs> but, yeah, because that system was going to be called the PlayStation. But, uh, well, we all know what happened with that.
1: Indeed, indeed. And um, this game was also um, on the Associated Press list of top 10 video games from 1993. They called it bizarre and wildly entertaining, and a must-have game for all Sega CD
0: owners. I think so too. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that statement.
1: Yeah. And um, what else can I tell you, people, about a game that may not be familiar with it? Um, the video footage and Sewer Shark was directed by visual effects artist John Dijkstra. Yeah,
0: that's right. And, the, uh, and I do believe the script was uh, was written by Ken Melville who actually wrote um, another one of my favorite games um, when I was growing up and it was uh, it came from the desert which I really wish I would have put that on the list but you know whatever but that that's another really great game
1: oh somebody picked that somebody picked that who picked that game? one did only games Um... Oh, I can't remember. It may have been Cyber Snake Seven, but I know somebody definitely picked that game a few episodes ago. It came from the from the desert.
0: Yeah, um, I know that was based on the game that came out on the Amiga, but I like the TurboGrafx CD version a whole lot better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I do not need to start making top ten games that people picked.
0: <laughs> or you could do like Top uh, Eleven and Y Eleven because I like could go one step beyond, but that'd be ripping off on Doug Walker, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, that's okay, I like, I like to rip people off anyway. <laughs> hey, what? You know, with I don't... Yeah. So oh, this whole show's a rip-off of Dead Island Discs.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs>
1: anyway, um, that's all the games. Uh, an interesting bunch of games. Some different kind of um, genres and things in there. So, yeah, great games indeed. Um, did you get any thought to your book and your whats Right item?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, so I was trying to think about the book, um, and there's, I've read some pretty good books in my time, but trying to find, like, the one that would take to a desert island, it was so, so tough, but I did finally, um, uh, nailed it down to, um, uh, Watchmen. Watchmen, um,
1: I I think I know it, I think I know, it, please, um, refresh my memory, though.
0: Okay. Uh, basically, this this um, this is a graphic novel. It was a comic book uh, series that was um, created in 1985, and it was uh, written by Alan Moore. Mm-hmm. And basically, what this was, it took place in I think it was in New York City. I don't think they really specified it in the in the book or even in the movie, but it looks like it took place in New York City, and it. Took place in an alternate timeline. What happened is, um, it all originated in the 1940s, where uh, people were becoming fascinated with these comic books, which w- they were called uh, pulp fictions, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, uh, pulp comics, something like that, and they got really interested in these uh, superhero um, comics. And then these people became inspired to dress up as you know these their own superheroes to fight crime. And they were called uh Minutemen. Right. And then it progressed to somewhere in the 1970s where people got tired. You know, the, the population got tired of these people, um, the vigilantes fighting all these crimes, and the police are just not getting involved anymore. And basically, law was passed where mask uh, mask um, vigilantes were outlawed. And then in 1985, where the series took place, one of the originators of, one of the original members of the Minutemen, the comedian, was murdered. And uh, the main char- one of the main characters, Warshak, um, which is my personal favorite, and that's the guy with the ever-changing face mask, which is awesome, by the way, he's trying to investigate the murders. And basically, it's just, I mean, I don't want to spoil a whole lot here, but it's just one of the most I mean, it made me scratch my head a whole lot playing, uh, watching this, uh, watching it, reading this book, hmm. and then, of course, watching the movie. But it's just, I think it's timeless. I and, mean, you know, it takes place in the 80s. It's still really great. Oh, and by the way, I mentioned it took place in an alternate timeline. What I mean by that is somewhere in the 60s during the Vietnam War, they, um, Richard Nixon sent, um, uh, Dr. Manhattan to to go to Vietnam to help end the war. And Dr. Manhattan basically he was a scientist who was working on a project and he got locked into this uh chamber by accident and he disintegrated and then he reformed into this this blue character who was called Dr. Manhattan and he could do just about anything. I mean, you can imagine that he would do it. Yeah. So Richard Nixon sent him to Vietnam, and we won the war. And because of that, um, Richard Nixon was reelected, and they actually changed, uh, put a, they put another um, amendment on the Constitution that allowed for any president any president to run as many terms as he wants. Right. So in the 1980s, Richard Nixon was still president. That's a bit much. It is mad. Yeah. How many
1: terms are they allowed? Is it two or three, something like that?
0: Um. Let me see. I'd say that was about his fourth or fifth term, according to the book. Right. Yeah. As soon as you and you had heard, as soon as
1: you said "watchmen," I was like, "I I know that. I should know that." But I couldn't think. (coughs) As soon as you mentioned comic books, was that of course? There's the comic books, and then I remembered the film. There was a 2009 film. Elf Watchmen. Did you watch that? I did. Yeah. What did you
0: think? It was alright. I liked it. Yeah. Not as good as a book. Well, it's funny because the movie um, it actually took a couple of things out. Um, like if you were to read the comic book, there's this ever going um, the story that was progressing throughout the whole book, where these scientists were developing something. And come to find out, it was going to be a gigantic squid that was going to be used as a weapon. Mm-hmm. That was removed. And another thing, too, if you were to watch the movie by itself, something when the movie first came out, they actually took out the uh, pirate comics, uh, the pirate comics that were in it, because there's this uh, in the comic book Watchmen. There's this one kid who was always reading this uh, comic. book, Pirate. Uh, I can't fucking talk. This it's pirate comic book. <laughs> He's reading all, all these issues, and somehow, what was going on in that comic book was relating to the story in some way, but that was removed from the from the uh, theatrical presentation. Yeah, and then it wasn't reintroduced until they released the uh, the ultimate edition of Watchmen on Blu-ray. Yeah, and the person who voiced the pirate, or one of the I don't say it was a pirate. It's Terrible thing, because he wasn't really a pirate. But anyways the main character in that story was voiced by Gerard Butler. So, oh, that's cool, Gerard Butler. Yeah,
1: a good a Glasgow actor there.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent actor, by the way. He's uh, I've seen him do a lot of movies, and the guy is a hell of a great actor. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, and you into the comic books of it as well, or is it just a little bit
0: it's. I'm not really a big comic book reader. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Batman. That's like my favorite universe in terms of uh, the world of superheroes. Yeah. Um, just ever everything that's involved with Batman, I love. And of course, my uh, I got this humongous crush on Harley Quinn. And I think any guy who's gone to a comic book collection and seen a woman dressed up as Harley Quinn, <laughs> exactly, <they> just go. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was
1: that was actually my cat. <laughs> 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 my, my, my cat, my, my cat's just claimed up onto my chest, and he's sat beside <laughs> me. <and> he's going. <laughs> that was awesome.
0: That, and that was right on cue. It was perfectly on cue. Yeah, that was well, awesome. Well done. Well done. Oh. but no, that's uh, Batman's just like my 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 favorite comic book uh, universe. So, but I'm. I'm more of a casual uh, reader of comic books. I don't follow them too much, so there you go. But Watchmen of Watchmen is definitely my favorite book of all time.
1: Cool, and and Batman's my favorite superhero as well. So we've got that in common. Nice. <laughs> I'm just currently watching. And we're getting back to TV again here, but I'm currently watching Gotham.
0: Oh, that show's great! Really I love good.
1: that. Yeah, it's uh, obviously for those that have not watched it. It's based on before Batman became Batman, and it's focusing on Commissioner Gordon when he was a young detective. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, am Go ahead, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. And you get to see some of the um, better-known characters uh, in, in their younger days as well, like uh, the Penguin and
0: um, Catwoman and the, the, the Riddler who was working for the police. Yeah, is <laughs> <He had> it? <laughs> It's so funny because every time that uh, he comes onto the screen, it's like, "Hey, it's the Riddler!" And then Courtney is like, "Dude, shut up!" I'm like, okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really interesting um, watching it for the first time. I'm actually, seeing what Selena Kyle looked like when she was what thirteen. Yeah, it's weird. Indeed, indeed.
1: Anyway, um, we better get away from the
0: TV topic again, as we would <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> So, um, have you picked a watch Street item?
0: That was extremely tough. I mean, trying to find a book to take um, with me was was hard enough. But trying to find a luxury item, I really had to stop and think: what is something that I use a lot that helps get me by? Mm-hmm. And it was kind of hard because you you could take an electrical device with you, but then again, how would you plug it in?
1: Well, you've got to assume this, you can plug it in because all the computers are plugged in.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. So I thought, well. Um, I could be a bit of a smartass and say, "Well, I'll just take a bottle of sunscreen." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a luxury because i I don't want to I don't want to tan I don't want to burn. But I thought, no no let's let's be more realistic. What would I use most of the time? And I thought, well, I do a lot of things on my laptop, so I guess I would take my laptop.
1: You can take your laptop, but uh, without
0: uh, internet connection,
1: because you're, well, you're, you're not allowed to um, have
0: contact with outside world on the island. Oh, you're right. That's okay. right. Damn. Well, in that case, I'll go back for the sunscreen then. <laughs> you you don't want the laptop without an internet connection then? Well, I'll tell you if if there is some way that the inter- uh, the laptop was connected to some sort of like a satellite for for internet, I'd be I'd be down with that. I mean that that's more possible.
1: What I could give you on the laptop is a connection to Wikipedia, but only Wikipedia. Then you can look up. Wikipedia, well, Wikipedia, and say a game like Game Facts or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I like going to Game Facts sometimes because when people put up their own uh, walkthroughs, they always like draw the logos by themselves by using all the different symbols on the computer. That's <laughs> weird on the keyboard. S- something I
1: discovered on uh, I was looking at Game Facts um, a week or so ago, and something I discovered is you can actually build your own. Um, game collection up on it, like, I don't know if you've used, um, what's it called, uh, there's, there's a website called Retro Collect, and it lets you track all the retro games that you've got, but it doesn't uh, cater for modern systems, so I was looking for one that catered for modern systems, and uh, GameFAQs has got one built right in, so you can keep a track of all your game collection on it, probably.
0: Well, that's a good thing, yeah. that sounds good.
1: And I'm a bit, a bit of a saddle when it comes to these things. I like to um, <laughs> go on the computer and look at my collection and see what I've got and things like that. But okay. Yeah. Well, i tell you what. You can have your laptop, but you can maybe pick a couple of websites that um, you can use, but you can't use them to interact with the outside world. So if you've okay. got anything in mind that you could put on like that, then you're welcome to have that on your laptop.
0: <laughs> okay. All right.
1: Are as most of the websites you use are they interactive?
0: Yeah. 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 That sounds more feasible.
1: because yeah, you like your you like your forums, don't you?
0: Oh yeah, I like the forums. Uh, a little, you know, chatting up with people and getting their points of view on things. Yeah, definitely a good thing.
1: If there was a way, perhaps ah, that's the way we can do it. We can give you internet access, but it's uh, like read-only. So you can you can look at everything. You can look at what people have got to say, but you can't you can't communicate yourself.
0: Oh uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: because you're not getting rescued from assailant.
0: <laughs> oh no, no, there's no way. So of course, uh, if I were to do something like that, there's no way I could continue on with rose-colored let's play. That's for sure. Because then otherwise, if I was able to communicate with people, I'd be like, I'm stuck on this island. Here are the coordinates. Come find me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you, you will get rescued at one point. I don't know how, but you'll get rescued. Okay. Um, I don't know how you get rescued, but you, you'll get rescued eventually, but you may have to spend a good couple of years on there. Okay. Give us time yeah. to think.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of time. Hopefully, by then, they'll, uh, Nintendo will come up with a way to fix this whole 136-year ban they've got on Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS.
1: Maybe that's how you escape. Maybe that's the the. Um, maybe that's your purpose for being on an island. You have to work it out. <laughs> and as soon as you work it out, you get off the island.
0: Oh, I don't know. I just made that bit up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> going
0: to say, it sounds a little twisted, but okay.
1: All right. <laughs> No, I was just thinking out loud. <laughs>
0: hey, no problem.
1: That's what the show's for. Indeed. Okay, we're coming up to the... <coughs> excuse me. We're not coming up to a cough. We're coming up to the hour and a half mark, So, and we've been through all your games and your book and your luxury item. Um, do you have anything to plug or tell us anything that's coming up concerning yourself?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... Please visit youtube.com slash Rose Let's Play. I'm doing a series with my fiancé. We're playing the Lego movie video game for the Wii U. Um, we've got a couple of episodes coming up next week. And also next week is the debut of another series, which is um, Another World, which I've mentioned at the top of the show is a, one of the games i would take with me to um, Desert Island with me and she's never seen that game before, so she had a lot of fun watching me play it, and that's going to be on the Let's Play channel next week. And uh, also, check out youtube.com slash Reviews. I haven't really done reviews on that for a long time, uh, It's because I've been focusing on uh, my Let's Play videos, and a lot of other personal things, so... But go check out that channel anyway, and subscribe. I uh, would appreciate that. And also, I'm going to be on this week's uh, I Got Gameplay. I'm going to try to be... I'm trying to go back to being a regular guest on that show, because I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, and uh, also, and of course, you're on. everybody's here at RetroUnlimited.com. I mean, how else are you listening to this right now? Indeed. But uh, check out all the other really great pe- uh, people who have contributed to this website. A lot of great material. It's it's really awesome stuff.
1: As, as. And that's, uh, the I got gameplay is tonight, then, isn't it? It's tonight.
0: Uh, yes yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's is it
0: 8 o'clock your time, something like that? Yeah, it's uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central.
1: And I believe it's something like 1 o'clock in the morning here in the UK. I think so too. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's why I've not appeared on I Got Gameplay very much myself, because it's quite late in <laughs> the morning.
0: Yeah, I remember when, um, it was a couple of weeks back when they had uh, Rodman and uh, Johnny Millennium of uh, the Happy Console Gamer uh, YouTube channel on there. They actually had to start the show at 11 p.m. Pacific, which is about 2 in the morning for me. Yeah.
1: I had um, I had Rob Man on Disney Island Games on Episode 4. And that was a Friday night and Saturday morning here in the UK. But uh, I had to start um, UK time at 4 o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, we
1: went until we just about 7 o'clock. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, jeez.
1: Oh. I think I was so tired. I think at one point um, Michael Burhan was on the call as well, so I think I kind of started falling asleep and he kind of started taking over <laughs> towards, the, <laughs> towards the end.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. We had we actually had one of the panellists on IGG actually fall asleep on the show and I was trying to wake him up and it never worked, it never worked but that's okay. Classic. But... One more thing too, if you guys want to get a hold of me directly, uh, twitter.com slash travisgoss79 if you guys want to get a hold of me.
1: Cool. Um, All these links will of course be on the description on the YouTube version of the show, um, which will be out on Tuesday. Uh, But this version of it will be out, uh, you already know this because you're listening to it, but um, on Monday at 8pm UK time which I think is about 3 o'clock EST, 3 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Is that right? Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah, I
1: think that's right. Yeah, anyway, yes, so all descriptions will be below, and uh, thanks again, Travis, for being a brilliant guest.
0: It was a pleasure, thank you.
1: and enjoy I Got Gameplay tonight. Oh, I definitely will. Okay then, goodbye.